My name is Mike Jimenez, and this is the Acquired Taste. Hope everyone's having an amazing Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday evening, whenever you're listening to this program. We are live right now on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, we can read your comments in real time. Already those comments starting to pile in right now. It's going to be a great show. Hope I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. I am amped up for this show because we have a lot to get into today. I was going over the rundown of what we're discussing down to the very last second right now. I'm super excited. We're going to go about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, but again, if you subscribe to us on YouTube, you can actually chime in. And in real time, we can read your comments. Also, we are also on Spotify as well. So thank you to those who have actually subscribed to us on Spotify Joe Garcia producing today's show. What's going on, Joe? Oh, man, just a long weekend. It was a good weekend. You know, I got to spend some time with my little niece here, you know, yeah. spent some time with her. She went, came over, got me tired, you know, little girls, man, trying to keep up with that energy wore me out, dude. And then I went to go see a movie with the wife, which we'll kind of talk about later well, on. Well, you know what? Let's get into that now because sure? we have a lot to get into. We do sports, pop culture and nostalgia. We will be talking sports. I promise you. In about 15 minutes. But we got to get over a few things real fast. You went to go see a movie. I'm going to narrow it down to two. Because the movie world was fixated on two movies this past weekend. Yep. It was Barbie and Oppenheimer. Which one did you see? Well, the wife saw Barbie on Friday with my daughter. I was busy working. I saw Oppenheimer with the wife on Sunday at the uh, Westlake's uh, location here. The okay. Santico's. The, the new it, one. The new one, yeah. So... It was a good movie, man. It was three hours plus, you know. Three hours? Are you serious? Three hours plus. It, it moved along at a healthy clip. I'm not going to lie. It moved along at a healthy clip. But my ass bone was was numb, dude. Yes. I'm going to tell you, man. Even with the reclining seats and all, I had to get, get up and do a stretch. Thank God that in the middle of this movie, this storm just kind of blew out of nowhere here yeah. in San Antonio. And the power went out in the theater. So we're just there. And sitting really? In dark, we're sitting in darkness for 10 minutes. And we're just like, oh, man. So I get up and I get that's my time to stretch and everything. And then everybody started getting up and stretching and they got the movie going again. Now, but how, how far into the movie was it? It was like right in the middle, dude. That's perfect. It's like an intermission. Yeah, exactly. OK, OK. Now I could watch it that way. If you were to show me an hour and a half and then have a 10 minute break and then bring on the next hour and a half, I can do that. So the storm blessed you. Blessed in us, that yes. manner. If you said Jimenez, go watch a three hour and 10 minute movie. I don't care if it's at Flix, no. which has those <laughs> nice wonderful seats. seats. No, I'm not going to go watch it. Yeah. I was excited to go watch it until you just told me right now it's over three hours long. Yeah, dude. That's not even much. including the previews no, no. and all that stuff. No, that's an entire day, That's another 15, man. 20 minutes with the previews, man. That's an entire day. Hey, look, I got to show this, man. Over the weekend, this is a thing that was breaking Twitter right now in our circle, you know, with the Chris Leha and all yeah. the guys that we we kind of talk with here on, on Twitter, man. and. I got to tell you, man, this thing was just making me laugh because they're like, oh, my goodness, the was grape it? that broke the Internet. Oh, it was the juicy fruit. Yes. There you go. They go, the grape some, got some of y'all drooling. Yeah. OK. <laughs> you know what? I, I get accused of being the hornball every once in a while. But, dude, if you're looking at fruit in a weird way. No, man, that is not it. That is not it. I don't get excited no matter how thick. That great they, look they, they put on there too, too with the gift. Yes, ex exactly. No, no, thank you. But uh, Barbie Oppenheimer, Barbie raked in 155 million, the highest opening for any movie in 2023. Oppenheimer made 80 million. This was the biggest weekend at the movies since before COVID. 
Yeah, that's a big deal. And and you know what? And to top it all off, we're in the middle of a writer's strike. We're in the middle of an actor's strike. It could have been bigger if they were able to promote it, but they weren't. But people still went out there to go watch it. We're not affected by the strikes just yet. But again, Barbie raked in one hundred and fifty five million. Highest opening of the year. Man, that's a lot of money, dude. Man, we got a lot to get into. Dallas Cowboys training camp starts this week in Oxnard, California. The players report today. You know, I just got finished watching the uh, series Quarterback on Netflix. Oh, yeah. It's an eight-part series. I complain about watching a three-hour-long movie at the theaters, <laughs> right? I watched eight hours in a row of Quarterback because there are eight. You binge-watched. I binge-watched yeah, it. Yeah. It was probably about six hours in length. I watched it pretty much cover to cover just sitting yeah, there but you were sitting everyone. down on the sofa with your snacks and everything laying down yeah. in bed i got up halfway through to go get something to eat had some lunch my wife was actually fascinated by it all she hates sports yeah she can't watch it i mean she'll go to a spurs game she'll go be to a missions game just to be out and about but this was so well done that she got wrapped up into it and i was cheering for certain parts of the games these are games that concluded 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 months ago. Why am I cheering for something that already happened? It was weird. Yeah. Uh, but it got me thinking about it. And I have a poll out on this. Because the three quarterbacks that were followed in this Netflix series, which, by the way, might be the best football series I've ever seen. They followed around Dak, uh, Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, and Marcus Mariota. And the reason why I have Dak Prescott in my mind is because it got me thinking, who's the better quarterback? We know that Dak is better than Marcus Mariota. We know that Patrick Mahomes is better than Dak Prescott. But is Dak Prescott better than Kirk Cousins? And it got me thinking about this. We got the stats. Chris Leha right now on our YouTube chat says, you miss football. I miss football. We all miss football. I think we all do. Yeah, yeah. You know, football is just like seven weeks away when it comes to college. Yeah, and, and it's, it's getting kind of close when it comes to the NFL. Oh yeah, and today was the day that all these, a lot of the the teams, I think most of the teams, have to report to training camp. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's it's here. Football season is here, and I'm taking a look at it right now. I have a poll on Twitter asking a question right now. Simple question. Who's the better quarterback? Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. Man, I dropped this half an hour ago. Already getting close to 100 votes on this. Let's go we're going to show we're, it. We're going to update this in a moment, though. Let's, let's update it a little bit later. Okay. Okay. Uh, but don't forget, we're going to have a, a good friend of mine on the show. Uh, if you follow San Antonio sports star Rock the Mike, a former Rock the Mike champion, Tanner Carlson will be on in about five minutes or so. He needs the link, by the way, if you can text it to him, Joe. Oh. Uh He's going to be on at about 12.15. This is a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And I'm going to ask him a tough question when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Is it really their year? I mean, are they as good of a team as I think that they can be? We're going to talk to Tanner Carlson in about 10 minutes or so. In entertainment news, we're going to talk about Lana Del Rey. Okay, so I'm not trying to bring up a female pop singer like I did with Taylor Swift a few weeks ago. But Lana Del Rey, she picked up a side gig, a second job, if you will. And it's baffling her fans. It's confusing everyone who's around her. Why did she get this particular job? And we're also going to get into a conversation about tipping because there was a new study released about which states are the best tippers and which ones are the worst tippers. 
We'll get into that in a moment. Again, sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. But before we get going, I want to say welcome to the family. Yeah, we to got three new sponsors. Cannot believe it, man. This was a great weekend. Yeah, so we have to have the celebratory explosions going That's on. That's it, man. That is it. Three new sponsors. Mad Pecker Brewery, Mudslingers Drive-Thru Coffee, and Bear County Social Apparel have all agreed to sponsor the Fantasy Gods, our fantasy football show, which gets going on August 6th. It's going to be hosted by Brandon Big Poppy Medina. I'll co-host it, but Brandon will drive the show. Uh, excited about this because fantasy football season is around the corner. A lot of people get really into fantasy. Brandon and I did this show at a radio station for a couple of seasons, and it was very popular. It was very popular. Lots of traffic, a lot of people calling in because the show goes from 11 to 12, right before the noon kickoff games. And the first month in August, we're going to help you do your draft, right? If it's a snake draft, if it is a uh, an auction league draft, we'll give you some pointers when it comes to that. And then as the season goes on, you can ask the question, should I start this guy or that guy? Should I bench this guy or that guy? And we'll help you along with the process. I'm already looking at it. Matt Pecker Brewery better be our spot <laughs> for the draft because I he think that we be. should have a fantasy football league here at the Acquire Taste. So if you're interested in being part of a fantasy football league with us, drop us a line, send me a DM, and I'll see if we have space for a fantasy football draft. It will take place at Matt Pecker Brewery, okay? We take care of the ones who take care of us. Matt Packer Brewery on Tesla Road along Timber Path on the northwest side. The thing about it is this. If you want to take part in our fantasy league, you've got to promise us this. You will be there in person. None of this crap about will auto-draft me. None of this crap about how I can't make it. If we're going to do the draft a week before the NFL season starts, okay, so whatever that weekend is, it's probably the first week of September is what I'm thinking then we're going to go ahead and just do it then. You have three or four weeks to find a babysitter. You have three or four weeks to tell your girlfriend, boyfriend, to tell your wife, to tell your husband that you want to take part in this. There's nothing worse than someone who takes place takes part in a fantasy league and doesn't go to the draft. Screw you guys. You guys are all scum if you do that. But we're going to have this over at Mad Packer. People are asking the question, how much is the buy-in? I don't know. Should we even have a buy-in? I don't mind if there's a buy-in. I don't know the legalities of this. <laughs> Chris says $1,000. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then only money bags Jeff Garcia will be able to play. Yeah. But maybe there'll be a little bit at stake. But I think that we should have a trophy. Maybe it's bragging rights. Maybe it's something like that. Because here's the thing. If I'm calling myself a fantasy god, and if Brandon Medina is calling himself a fantasy god, can you beat the gods? Yeah, you have to have something like a walk of shame, like for the worst player in the in that particular your league. That's where you know? karaoke comes into play. I don't know, man. I was thinking more like you gotta maybe go outside and have a sign that you know get the traffic going to Matt yeah. Peckers dressed up in a My Little Pony costume. Just or something. something embarrassing. No, yeah. I, I'm fine with that. I'm not someone who likes to be embarrassed for any, just for any reason. Uh, but I like the embarrassment of you doing something silly and stupid because your fantasy team sucked ass. Yeah, it okay? was that bad. <laughs> but again, thank you so much to Mad Packer Brewery, Mudslingers drive Through Coffee, Bear County Social Apparel. Man, I'm excited about Bear County Social Apparel because I'm already coming up with like, you know, certain catchphrases. Like maybe who's looking good today according to Bear County Social Apparel. Kind of makes sense, right? Maybe Mudslingers is the gunslinger of the day. <laughs> which quarterbacks to start? Yeah, yeah. Mad Pecker, 
you know, there's a, so many different directions you can go with that, but they will be the title sponsor, Mad Packer Brewery. So we're going to mention them a lot on Sundays. And again, thank you to our sponsors. If you want to sponsor the Acquired Taste or the Fantasy Gods, reach out to both of us or either of us. Let us know and we'll get you part of the family as well. There's a few companies out there who have already kicked the tires with us. So pretty excited about that. Again, Brandon Medina will host this beginning on August 6th. We're going to have in about five minutes a conversation about Dak Prescott versus Kirk Cousins. Who is the better quarterback? But before we get into sports, we have to address the fact that Elon Musk did it again. No, man. If you follow us on Twitter, you may notice that that logo, that famous iconic logo the bird. of the white bird and the blue background is going away. In fact, it went away today. He killed the bird, Mike. He killed the bird. He threw us the bird. He killed the bird. That's the thing about it, man. Elon Musk changed Twitter's logo this morning. The white bird logo is gone. In its place is the letter X, and it's the most confusing thing in the world. Because if you look at that X, it looks like it belongs to a dirty site. Like, like if it's, it was a porn that's where site, your mind goes. an Ashley Madison type site, I'm looking at that letter going, that's a sexy X. It's not just an X. It's a sexy X. What is Elon Musk doing? And on top of it all, oh, by the way, Elon Musk on Twitter says that if you are not verified, you're going to be limited as to the number of DMs that you have per day, oh unless you pay to be verified. Again, this is all a cash grab. And again, this is all part of a quote-unquote rebrand of Twitter. Dude, ever since Elon Musk took over, dude, this has gone to crap. It really has gone to crap. Now, the logo, if that was the original logo, by the way, there isn't even an X in the word Twitter. So how the hell do you get an X out of it? And it just looks like this is going to a dirty type of site. That's what it's looking like. I mean, the thing, too, with this that I've been reading, you know, and what he's been saying to the media is one of the things that kind of caught my eyes is like the new version of Twitter that we're going to be rolling out is going to be artificially intelligence powered. It's going to be AI powered. So what are you doing? Are you going to change it to you're taking out the human aesthetic part of it to go ahead and have AI generate content for Twitter or I guess ad placement and all this other stuff? I mean, it's just. To me, it's getting out of hand. And he was the one of the biggest advocates when it came out saying, oh, you need to have rules and regulations for AI. And now he's embracing it and going with it and having it power his rebrand of Twitter. The guy's just gone off the deep end, man. Secretly, I think Elon wants Twitter to, to go ahead and fail. That would be interesting if, if that's what he really wants. I mean, because he's not only burning his money, he's burning other investors' the investors, money. yeah. Because when he bought this for $44 billion, it wasn't just him it wasn't just his money. He was two-thirds of it. It was like $26 billion was his. But Twitter has gone down in value according to Fidelity Investments. Fidelity Investments says that it's worth like only a third of what it was eight months ago when he bought Twitter. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I just think that Elon Musk doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to this. He doesn't know the user base of Twitter. What I'm interested in knowing is, of course, there has to be some type of insurance in play here, right? So if Elon went ahead and spent an X amount of dollars, and he got these investors as well, and each one of them had to pitch in a certain amount of money to go ahead and buy the platform, how much does he get back if this thing goes and tanks 
how much insurance money will he recoup if it's a loss? No, it's, it's kind of hard to get uh, an insurance on something like this. I mean, I'm sure they be, did something. Well, I don't, I don't even know if that's legal because uh, at that point, you know, I, I, I'm in the investment world. So I know what it's like to to do uh, what are called options and things like that. I don't want to get into that. Yeah. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that that would actually be counter to the objective of the company. The, the objective of a company is to make money. So if you're betting the other way, that's a little bit off, especially if you're in charge of it. I'm you just know, it's saying one thing if you're an investor to investor, if you're betting the other way, it's almost like in sports, if you're betting on your own sport. Well, what if uh, this is the thing, too? What if Elon already has another platform in play and he has other people working on it? He hasn't said nothing. And in order for that to take place, he wants to go, he wants to have Twitter just fail entirely and use some of the best parts of Twitter to incorporate into this new platform. To me, that would be a really shady move, but it wouldn't be beyond me if Elon's thinking of doing something like that. Yeah, Twitter's not the same. And, yeah. and Threads came out a couple of weeks ago, and that was popular for a hot minute. Uh, I still go on Threads, uh, but you know, Threads is not as good as Twitter, and Twitter isn't as good as it used to be. So it's kind of a sad situation that we have there. Hey, for the past few weeks, you've heard us talk about how awesome Cynthia J. Sanchez is as a realtor. She is my personal realtor. And now... We're going to hear this from other people. Testimony when it comes to how good of a realtor she is. She was sharing me with the fact that she received two ratings, reviews, if you will, this past weekend, both from people who bought homes from her. Again, the number is on the screen, 210-273-0748. One of her uh, reviews came out five stars across the board. It says, Cynthia was referred to us by a family member. We were not disappointed. She is very knowledgeable about the San Antonio area and was determined to find us the dream home that we wanted in the location that was best for us. I highly recommend her. She was very patient with us and our situation. It's not an easy journey, but I could not have prayed for a better realtor to be by my side through all of this. We learned so much, not only about San Antonio, but our area and what to look for when purchasing a home. Thank you, Cynthia. That is great. That is great whenever you have realtor.com Get these testimonials from people who bought homes. Cynthia J. Sanchez has been in business for 16 years. My personal realtor, she found me my home. And she does a fantastic job. And, you know, beyond things like that, I mean, she'll help you get the lending. Uh, if you're buying a new home, a pre-owned home, she'll help you through the process. Buying, selling, looking for that investment property, looking for that Airbnb type of thing, looking for a condo. She can help you out. J. Parr Real Estate, Cynthia J. Sanchez, 210 273 0748, a proud sponsor of the Acquired Taste since day one, Cynthia J. Sanchez at J. Parr Real Estate. And if you ever need her information, you can always DM me and I can always send it to you as well uh, on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram or wherever. She does an amazing job, lots of great testimonies, and we'll be reading them and, and telling you about them all week long. Yeah. Outstanding. We hey, do have Tanner waiting. Yeah, we have a special guest. We got Tanner Carlson coming up. Now, Tanner Carlson, you might remember him. He was a co-host of the, the uh, Saturday Morning Hangover with James Pledger back in the day. He is a cowboy apologist, if you will. And I love me some Tanner Carlson. How you doing, Tanner? I'm doing good, man. I don't know about a cowboy's apology. I, I like to think I'm, I have somewhat realistic expectations with my cowboys. Yeah, I, I, I know. I'm just giving people grief. But Tanner's a really good guy. He is a cowboy fan. I need you to bring him on because the basis of this conversation revolves around the fact that I binge-watched the series quarterback on Netflix might be the best 
television I've ever seen regarding the NFL. I mean, it's better than Hard Knocks. It's better yeah. than anything that you see on ESPN 30 for 30s and all that stuff. Uh, Peyton Manning, executive producer. Did you see any of it by any chance? Yeah, I watched the first two episodes, and then I, I haven't watched the the final one. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm two thirds of the way through it, and and I would I would uh, agree. Now there are some really good thirty for thirties. It just depends on kind of what you're watching. But in terms of just NFL content, of really diving deep into the the training aspects, I think I saw one of your tweets, which uh, I completely agreed with, was watching quarterback kind of just sh sheds a light as to why guys like Johnny Manziel and some of these busts like Jamarcus Russell didn't succeed right. didn't work out because you don't see the work ethic. And that's really what it dives into. So it's an eight-part series on Netflix. It's one of the top 10 uh, viewed programs or anything on Netflix right now. Um, again, eight episodes. I went through all eight over the weekend, and I was amazed at how well produced it was amazed at the access that the camera crews had over there and how open these people were to having uh, cameras out there. I kind of think that Hard Knocks is sometimes uh, contrived, that they kind of set things up a little bit. Um, but with this show, I mean, you couldn't fake what they were doing. You couldn't fake Patrick Mahomes' injury, his high ankle sprain in the playoffs. You couldn't fake Marcus Mariota getting benched. You couldn't fake Kirk Cousins and the injuries that he sustained throughout the entire season. So the reason why I wanted to bring you up on this is because, as you mentioned, I did tweet out there about um, how Johnny Manziel probably failed because he didn't have the head right for being a quarterback in the NFL. But when it comes to like being a, a, a good quarterback, I always laughed at those wonderlick tests, you know, those, those things that you get during the combine. And a lot of quarterbacks who score like crap go, well, it's not that big of a deal. But it kind of is a big deal, Tanner. What do you think? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I've actually taken the Wonderlick test before. Uh, I on uh, about a, the end of last football season, going into the draft season, uh, we took the Wonderlick test. A couple of buddies of mine, and I think I scored about as well as I think it was like Derrick Henry or something like that. Okay. Like it, it, it wasn't great. I didn't know a lot of them. I just skip them, and it's really just more so. The way it works is kind of like how many you can actually get answered. So just skip the ones you don't, answer the ones you do know, and hopefully you get a good enough score. Uh, one of my buddies scored the same score as Drew Brees, and I can tell you he is not that smart, especially football <laughs> smart. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how accurate it is in terms of the amount of success you're going to have. Uh, maybe it's more so a, a test of your discipline or your concentration and focus more so than it is your actual knowledge. But uh, there's probably something to be said, but I don't, I don't know how much I can take into it. Talking to Tanner Carlton, former Rock the Mic champ over at San Antonio Sports Star. Uh, the debate about Dak Prescott versus Kirk Cousins came up in my head, okay, because I'm watching this show, and you see Marcus Mariota, for example. Mariota... You can tell he doesn't have the confidence. And then that led to him eventually being benched later on in the season. Then you see Patrick Mahomes, who has more confidence than anybody in the world. And you see him and Joe Burrow in the AFC Championship game going at each other. And it was a battle of wills. Somewhere in the middle, you have a Kirk Cousins, who is a decent quarterback. Not a bad one. Not an elite one. But is one that you watch this show and you just have a, a growing respect for him because of how he treats his body 
and all the injuries that he sustains week after week after week. It is painful. My wife was sucked into this whole drama of it all. And I was wondering to myself, is Dak Prescott as tough as Kirk Cousins? Is he as mentally strong as a Patrick Mahomes? Or is he just simply a slightly above average quarterback? Uh, that's a tough question. I, the comparison to me in terms of where he ranks in the you know quarterback tiers of the NFL, obviously you've got Mahomes, Burrow, they're probably the top two guys. Then you've got probably a tier below them. You've got Allen and some of those guys. And then you've got a kind of a hodgepodge after the top five is kind of completed. And I would say Dak is more so probably should be compared to guys like a Trevor Lawrence or a Lamar Jackson. And I would put Kirk Cousins on a tier below those guys is more so how I would look at it. I'm not trying to be a cowboy bias, but that's just I, I've got some facts for you guys, and I know numbers don't really go over the airwaves very well, but I've got some stats to, to, to back up kind of what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, there is a 40-game difference between these two guys. They were both selected in the fourth round, so you can take, you know, they weren't supposed to be starting guys. They, they were drafted low. They weren't supposed to be your franchise face, uh, if you will. You can, you can put that both for Kurt and for Dak. That, that's a fair argument. Uh, there is a 40-game difference in terms of games being played, and Kurt has only had 11 more wins than Dak Prescott within those 11 wins, So, or within those 40 games. So if we're talking win percentages, we're talking who is more likely to go out there, win you a game when you need to win a game, that's Dak Prescott. And that's just, whether that's playoffs, whether that's regular season, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Dak has a much better chance of winning you a football game than Kurt Cousins does. Um Kirk, in an 11-year career, uh, has made the playoffs three times, has one win. Everyone wants to talk how bad Dak does uh, in the playoffs. Uh, he has a seven-year career. He's made the playoffs more times than Kirk Cousins, and he also has more wins with two wins. Um, and Dak also has three 10-plus win seasons and four less years being played in the NFL than Kirk Cousins has only two 10-plus regular season wins. Uh, everyone this year, all of a sudden, uh, Dak had a had a turnover bug in the regular season, and so now he's been deemed a, a turnover-prone quarterback. Um, although the, his whole six years before last year wasn't really the case, um, but we're going to scratch all those six years. We're just going to focus on the one year he did uh, have a turnover bug. Uh, Kirk Cousins has six 10-plus interception seasons. Um, with 14 last year, by the way, Kirk Cousins has 14 picks last year compared to Dak's 15. Oh, huge difference there. I realize that. Um, and then uh, Dak has only had uh, 10 plus interceptions, I believe, uh, three times. In I'm going to throw career. a stat at you. I, I I love the fact that you prepared for this. I love oh, the fact that you prepared you, for this. You game. called me. So you called me what? Like an hour ago? Because <laughs> yeah. I was. So you I was yeah, you called me like an hour ago, and this is all the research I did within one hour. Yeah. I, I watched the last episode of Quarterback on Netflix, and it was in my head. I was like, I got to talk to somebody about this. Who's a Cowboys apologist? And you were the first person that I thought. First guy on the list. First guy. Okay, yeah. So, That's so, so the thing about it is this, is that you're, you're throwing out a lot of facts, right? And as you mentioned, Kirk Cousins has played four more seasons than Dak Prescott, right? They have hmm. identical passer ratings for their career at 97.8. Yeah. Dak Prescott's been to two Pro Bowls, 2016 and 2018. Hasn't been to one since. Kirk Cousins has made the Pro Bowl three of the last four seasons. 
Yeah, and so did uh, Brett Hundley for the backup quarterback for the Baltimore oh. Ravens. <laughs> if, if it's that easy, then why hasn't Dak made it? People choose not to go. You know, people are just like, ah, I don't think I want to play in a. I don't think I want to play in a flag football game. You know, you're name to it. are name to it. Even if you sure, sure. That's and that's fair. That's fair. And I, I, I just think there is some sort of. I mean, do you really think Brett? Hun- would you take Brett Hundley or would you take Derek Carr over a Dak Prescott? Like, would you take some of these a Geno Smith over a Dak Prescott? I will take Dak Prescott over those guys. Ten he, times out of ten. We were talking about tiers earlier. You were saying that that you were saying that you believe that Dak belongs in a tier with the Trevor Lawrence. So we know tier one is Mahomes and Burrow. Tier two is probably um, Rogers, Josh Allen, and you know, name of that might be it. Jo- yeah. That might be it. That, 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 that could be. Because I don't think I can, I don't think I can throw in a Justin Herbert in there quite yet. I don't think he's proven himself. Talent wise, sure, he's got the tools, but I don't think he's at that level yet. Talent wise, yes, but you're right, he hasn't proved it yet. There's a lot in the tier three categories, and it's like a moving elevator. Some are moving up, and some are moving down on that mm-hmm. tier three level. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is moving up. You know, uh, some might be sliding downward because they're at the tail end of their career, for example, and. Uh, James Fledger over at San Francisco Sports Star, would all, he and I would always debate this question, and we're not trying to get racial here, but it's a joke that we would always say, which is, is Kirk Cousins white Dak, or is Dak Prescott black Kirk? Black Kirk. <laughs> are, are they the same player? I mean, are they just both above average quarterbacks that, you know what, they're not elite, they're not in the top five or six, or maybe even the top seven in the league, but they're not in the bottom 20 when it comes to starters, they're somewhere around eight, nine, or ten. They'll get you to the playoffs. They might not take you far, and sometimes they'll have moments of brilliance, and sometimes they'll just wet the bed. Yeah, it, you know, I think that you could say that really about a lot of quarterbacks, though. I mean, the, I would say the vast majority of your starting quarterbacks in the league are probably within that tier. You know, I don't. I think you have maybe three or four elite tier guys that are you can yeah. you can guarantee yourself you've got a chance to win a Super Bowl, right? With like three or four guys. Every single season, doesn't matter what roster you put around them, you've got the very few guys. And then I would say after that, probably 15 to 20 guys that are like, sure, can they are they talented enough to win a Super Bowl if all the pieces play out right and all the things work out well for them and everyone stays healthy and the schedule falls in place the way it's supposed to fall in place. Sure. Yeah, you can you can you can have a Brock Purdy lead your team to an NFC Championship game. You can have guys that do those sorts of things. I'm not saying Dak or Kirk aren't capable or don't have the tools to win a Super Bowl, but yeah, they're they're probably within that range. But it is funny that everyone uses Kirk Cousins as kind of that. He's that measuring stick of average. <laughs> we had Alex. He, he was the Alex Smith before, wow. or you know, like like Alex Smith was that guy. He was the Oh, he's he's a great bridge quarterback. He's going to do everything you can do with him, but he's limited, and he's only going to get you so far. Um, and and so yeah, you kind of have those types of guys every single era, if you will, every decade or so. You get the perfect average quarterback, and everyone measures stick uh, to to that guy of are you average, are you above average, or are you below average? And and the way I always looked at it, because people always gave Romo such a hard time, especially Cowboys fans of. We can do better than Romo. He's never going to take us to the promised land. 
my argument was always who is better, who is obtainable? Who can you trade for where you're not going to get four first-round picks and you're going to have to give away your entire future to get a Patrick Mahomes? Chiefs aren't getting rid of Mahomes. The Bills aren't getting rid of Allen. Uh, you know, Bengals aren't getting rid of Burrow. These teams aren't getting rid of the guys that are above them. And then if you are going to trade for another quarterback, you're probably going to be pretty stagnant. You might get a step or two above, but you're not going to get somebody who is just head and shoulders better as a better option who's going to be available to you to go get. So you might as well make the best and build the team around them. That is the perfect thing to say right there because that's the problem with Dak Prescott. It's that the grass is not always greener on the other side. Uh, you have a good quarterback. He's not a great one. He will never be a great quarterback. Dak Prescott will never be a great quarterback. The dude is 30. Okay? You do not – he's already at his prime. It's not like a Justin Fields or a uh, you know a type of, of, of player like that where – you know, Jalen Hurts, where it's like they're on their come up, you know, they're 24, 25 years old, and you still don't know what their peak is. We've seen Dak's peak. You don't get better in your 30s. You are who you are at this point. Now, there were some great comments that, that were reached out to us. Uh, Chris reaches out and says, uh, Dak and Kirk are between numbers 8 and 14. One week they are top 5. Next week they're barely top 20, so on and so forth. If you can look up the Drew Show, the Drew Show reached out to us about five minutes ago and had a comment that I thought was interesting, saying, oh, there it is, uh, scroll down. It says, uh, nobody gave Romo kudos for his toughness. Multiple back fractures, clavicle fracture, rib fracture, and a lung puncture. That's what I'm talking about right there. Tony Romo was talented, and I feel bad. If there's any football player the last 25 years that I feel bad for in the NFL, it's Tony Romo. The dude was snake bitten. He was probably on the right team and the wrong team at the same time. Tony Romo was a very good quarterback. He's a better quarterback than what Dak Prescott has ever been. Personal opinion. Look at this comment here by Mario Cavazos. Dak is a modern-day Warren Moon. Oh, screw that. <laughs> Warren Moon is a legend. Warren, I, I'm not, legend. Warren, Warren Moon's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, is he not? I, I'm not yeah. quite sure Dak has put up that, that type of pedigree to be at that level. Now, he's got a lot of football left to be played. Dak probably has – seven more years left to play at, at a, at a decent level, you know, at, at a competitive level. So sure. He has a lot of room to grow, but uh, to, to go to your point in terms of just the toughness and, and he, even to touch on the Romo thing, Romo was in the right place at the right time with the yeah. wrong coach. It was Jason Garrett and that coaching staff that held all of those guys. Look at the roster, those rosters, Witten, Murray, Dez, yeah, Demarcus Ware rushing the edge on the on the outside. I mean, those teams were loaded. They they led the league in Pro Bowlers multiple times with a Tony Romo led team, and it was the coaching staff in the front office that held them back. I will die on that hill for the until you know for as long as I live. A couple more comments before we let you go. Uh, Jonathan reaches out and says, uh, Dak had potential when he had a rushing game on point, but his leg injury made him a pure thrower, which he is not. Interesting, interesting way of looking at it. Now, here's the thing. The season's going to be starting. The uh, NFL players are arriving today at camp. I believe camp starts on Thursday, but the players report today for whatever it is that they have to do. That being said, I have a personal opinion as to who I, who I think the favorite is in the NFC. I think the NFC is weak this year because Aaron Rodgers has moved from the NFC to the AFC. Uh, you have... So many injuries at quarterback for San Francisco. Is Brock Purdy going to come back? Do you believe on who they picked up? Are they going to go Trey Lance? 
There's a lot of question marks when it comes to that. The Rams, still a lot of question marks with that team, with Matthew Stafford coming back from injury. Uh, you take a look at other players. Is Jordan Love ready for the Packers? Is Justin Fields ready? The fact that the Eagles and Cowboys have the hardest schedule in the league this year. The team that I think is going to be the team to beat in the NFC, and no one believes me, is the Seahawks. I have mm-hmm. the Seahawks as being the team to beat this year in the, NF- in the NFC. But let's go back to your Dallas Cowboys before we let you go. Cowboy fans always tell me it's our year. I think the Cowboys are one of four teams in the NFC that are going to make their way out, that can make their way to the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to say the Cowboys suck. They are a, they might be the sixth best team in the AFC, but they can also be the third best team in the NFC at this moment, right? How do you see the Cowboys season unfolding? What does it take for them to actually go further in the playoffs and, dare I say, win the NFC championship game? Well, and, and this has been an argument for Cowboy fans for 28 some odd years. What you know? What what I'm about to say is, is on paper, we look great. <laughs> on on paper, we match up with anybody. You know, That's every uh, year, paper, Dan, every year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on paper, it looks it looks like we should we should be competing in the NFC. And who, who, which quarterback, aside from Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, who are the two best quarterbacks in the NFC below those two guys? It's what, Kirk Cousins maybe? And yeah. you want to throw in a Jared Goff? You want to throw in a Justin Fields? You want to throw in someone unproven? I mean, what what are you looking at here? You know, And so when you have one of the top two quarterbacks, one of the top two top-to-bottom rosters um, in, in your conference, you – better believe you have a damn good chance at making an NFC championship. And if you have a chance at winning an NFC championship, obviously you have a chance at at getting to a Super Bowl. Now, I think it's the AFC's year unless they are going to go, you know, their their only excuse will be that, oh, we had to beat up on each other to get to the Super Bowl. And and it was too too hard of a road for one team to get through unscathed. You know, that'll be the only complaint from the AFC. But you're right. Quarterback-wise, which is the most important position in all sports, uh, is stacked on the other side. And so this is kind of a wide open window, whether it be for Philly, whether it be for Dallas, San Francisco, their best option may have been a running back in the NFC championship game, and they still made it that far. So their roster is stacked. Um, so, yeah, I would say between those three teams, those are the, the legit contenders in the NFC. Um, anything short of, I'll be honest with you, anything short of an NFC championship this year for me, on the Dallas Cowboys, I will be a little disappointed in. I think you have to agree with me, though. In order for them to get there, they have to win the NFC East. And no team has won the NFC East in back-to-back years in over two decades. So, And that sets up Dallas perfectly because they, they got second last year. They were runner-ups last year. So, I mean, that'll set them up perfectly for Philly to, to fall short. They'll get second place. Dallas, they'll flip-flop their, their positions. Now, here's my thing, though. Historically whether Dallas is home or away in the playoffs doesn't matter. Home home field advantage does not exist in at AT&T Stadium. It doesn't. It's a cavern. It, 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 it's it, not the best place. It's it, playing it in a library. It, that's exactly what it is. That's a very good way of putting it. By the way, over 100 votes in less than half an hour when it comes to my question on Twitter. Poll question, who's the better quarterback, Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins? 62% say Dak Prescott, though I do like what Flacco has to say. He says, I have to say Dak, but my gut's telling me Kirk. And Raymond, <laughs> Raymond reached out and says they're both overrated. 
this other guy, uh, Ben Zamillion, says, I'm picking Kirk because I'm thinking about who I want rallying my team to a comeback. And then Carlos says, this hurts. This question hurts. because. Uh, but I picked a guy who comes through and delivers unlike my QB for them boys. Wow. Even cow- some Cowboy fans are choosing Kirk Cousins. But they're the same guy. They're the same yeah. guy. Well, here I think that I think a better comparison truly is a Lamar Jackson and a Dak Prescott. I think that that is a, a, no, a much no, comparison. no Lamar Jackson because what has Lamar Jackson done? Uh, one year, one regular season, he won MVP. Uh, take that one season out. What has he done that has been ultra, overly impressive? Other than set up a highlight reel for ESPN's top ten plays. He's the highest paid player in all the NFL. That's what he set up right there. Look that at this. Look said. at this comment here, Chris, from Christopher Leha Tanner. The only championship the Cowboys can win is the XFL chip, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's it's a possibility, right? It, they'll probably still fall short. There'll still be some kind of. Here's my thing with Dallas in the playoffs: is there's typically always a a, a a call from the officials that haven't been called since 1932, and they're like, "Oh, let's go ahead and implement it for this game and this game alone." Uh, there's typically some sort of injury that that plagues them. Uh, Tony Pollard getting hurt and taking out one of two weapons on Don't offense. From about our- the offseason shenanigans as well. Oh yeah. And then there's and then there's always something. There's always a contract dispute. Right now, Zach Martin. There's there's always some sort of something going on in the offseason. And and then not only does it happen to Dallas, it is overplayed because they are the Dallas Cowboys and they're going to get clicks. So everyone's going to talk about it. And then they can never. What do you think about this? There's never a team that can go under the radar. And I'm not saying you need to go under the radar to win a a Super Bowl. Look at the Chiefs. They've had a target on their back since they drafted number 15 at quarterback. So I get it. You don't have to go under the radar, but, you know, Getting the scrutiny and, and the talk about 24-7, you know, I'm, I'm sure it gets at him a little bit. i got to ask you this, Tanner. we got a comment here from Matt Lerma. He goes, if the Cowboys don't win two playoff games this upcoming season, can San Antonio, since San Antonians finally just give up on them? You can't give up on the team. You can't. That's you, no, no, look. No, no, I no. I've had. I've been a fan of the Cowboys longer than some friendships and 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 relationships that I've had. And I've been always a fan chosen. of the Cowboys longer than I've been married to my wife. Yeah, and, and that that's not going to change. That loyalty ain't ain't going to go anywhere. So I will always be a fan. My question, Joe, is I've been. You know, I was a Cowboy hater. For many, you still many are years. a hater, man. And I, I've, I've taken off the gloves oh, because I, I, when it got to 25 years, yeah. I thought to myself, now I just feel bad. Now yeah. I just feel what, bad for Cowboy fan. What is there to hate on? What, like, that's my thing. Other than the fans being obnoxious, other than the fans like myself saying it's going to be our year every single year, which I don't do, but I understand the the aggression towards the, the, the op- optimism of the fans. I get that. Aside from that, what is there to hate on them? They, they're, you know, they're going to fall short. You know, they're going to come up and and screw up somehow, some way in the playoffs and, and embarrass themselves and have Zeke Elliott on the final play of the entire regular season play center. Um, and they're they're going to end up being a laughing stock at some point in the season. So what is there to hate on? What, yeah, that, just, that train's never late. Is what you're saying? That train never. Is, they, they are I, on time every year. They're on time. I have described the Dallas Cowboys as the greatest man's reality show in the world. It's, it, it, it's it a is. reality show for men. It's a men's reality show. 
and the head of it is, is Mr. Jerry Jones, and and he is never ever going to not make it that way as long as he's making a profit. I'm interested in the fact that Mike McCarthy's calling plays this year. That uh, that that's a big deal for me. That could uh, be good or bad. I, I'm interested in the fact that Tony Pollard's on a franchise tag. I'm interested in this team because all the questions we saw Zach Martin is now uh, threatening to hold out because yeah. he knows. Wait a minute, Parsons got to get paid. CD's got to get paid. What are they going to do about Tony Pollard? Uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs is get paid. And he's like, wait a minute. I'm the six-time All-Pro Future Hall of Famer. And he I'm hardly one, gets injured. I never get hurt. Yeah. Can you and, pay and here's, first? Here's another conversation along with all those guys' names that you just mentioned. Guess whose contract is right behind theirs? Terrence Dak Prescott's. Oh, Ter- uh, Dak. Yeah, yeah. Dak with a, uh, a cap hit of $59.4 million this upcoming he had a, he had a He signed a four-year deal. Two years ago, he's going to the year number three of that deal this season. And if those contract talks, you don't think that they're already starting to ramp up a little bit, he's going to be right around the corner for contract number two. And um, that that's going to add on with Diggs, Parsons, CD, Martin. There's going to be a lot of talk, a lot of discussion. This team, I have a feeling in two years, this team is not going to look anything like it does right now. So you Thank have you to win that. now. Thank you for saying that. The window, as I mentioned last week, is kind of closing. If you want to have this group of players, because you got to have to reload, which is what the Eagles are trying to do by drafting everybody who's ever played for Georgia on the <laughs> defensive side of the ball. That is Tanner Carlson. Great guy. How can we follow you on social media? Uh, Tanner Carlson 20 on uh, on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. It's just Tanner Carlson. Uh, if it's sports related, I'm probably going to be talking about it or tweeting about it or whatever. So, I mean, I, you're not going to get much of anything else besides sports or me and my daughter. That's Those are the two things I'm posting about. But, yeah, give me a follow. Very nice. That is Tanner Carlson. Thanks for being with us. He's a realistic Cowboys fan, and I do respect that. He's realistic. Now, he did ask the question, why do people hate on them or – you know, they're America's team. They are America's team. They're, they're America's team. Uh, well, I mean, I not guess America, so. America's team. Okay. Well, <laughs> there is a difference. You know, the, the thing about it is this, is that if you're the Dallas Cowboys and you are the marquee franchise in the entire NFL, you shouldn't go 30 years without making a run to even the conference championship. The Lakers, the Yankees, and the Cowboys have no excuses when they have off years. When they have years of, of, of droughts of making playoff runs, they have no excuses because the Lakers can get anybody they want for the most part. And the same can be said about the Yankees because of their tradition. Yeah. The I can tell you the, what the, it the is. The thing about the Cowboys, though, it's Jerry Jones. No. What's that? It's the culture. It's the culture that the Jones family has kept fostering over this 20-year span of misery. You know, it's the culture there. And it all starts with, Letting your coach coach, take ownership of that team, and, and really start having them take ownership, the players take ownership of themselves. The you, one, know? You, you know how the city of San Antonio is oftentimes used as leverage when other football teams oh, yeah, want to get time. an arena, want to get a new stadium? It's so awkward seeing that the Dallas Cowboys are always used as leverage for players who want to get their name out there, and then they go sign with the Buffalo Bills. They go <laughs> sign with the Denver Broncos. And the Cowboys are oftentimes used as leverage. The Cowboys, the problem with the Cowboys is this. They're too loyal, A, right? They should have gotten rid of Zeke Elliott two, two seasons ago, right? Much less it's the barely now. the same thing now. that happens with the San Antonio Spurs, the gentlemen's agreements. Yes. They wait too long to extend people. It's yeah. like Dak Prescott with his contract. He makes $40 million a year. 
He is properly paid this year. He's going to be underpaid beginning next year. Yeah, year four. So what ends up happening is, is that are the Cowboys going to uh, extend him? No, they're going to wait till the very last minute. They're going to wait for Justin Herbert to set the market. They're going to wait for Joe Burrow to go and set the market. And then they're finally going to pay Dak Prescott. And it's like they could have lined up Dak for $50 million instead they're going to pay him 56 That's what's going to end up happening. Cowboy season gets going. First preseason game, August 12th against the Jaguars. First regular season game is going to be September 10th at 7.20 p.m. against the Giants. And week two in Dallas against Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Oh, man. That is September 17th, a 3.25 game. They better not leave time on the clock. That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't forget to follow Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs. I follow him on Spotify. I follow him on YouTube as well because, again, you can subscribe to the Locked On Spurs network. Uh, You can also follow him on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone and on threads at Jeff G Ken's 5SA. You know, today's guest of Locked On Spurs is somebody that I know. Who is it today, man? I don't know. I think it's me that's a, a guest here on Locked On Spurs. Me and Jeff actually are going to be talking about some. And this is the funny thing. I, I made full disclosure here. Me and Jeff were looking for topics, and I suggested him something. I said, look, I had this playing around with AI. I had this suggestion come up on topics. Yeah. It was five Spurs players who are still on the open market, you know, former Spurs players. And Jeff's like, well, there's six, including Rudy Gay. So I said, let's talk about it, man. So we went ahead and talked about it. And on today's episode of Locked on Spurs, we asked the question, out of the six former Spurs players who are still out there uh, waiting to be signed, which one would you want back? That's a great topic. Yeah. I can't wait to listen to that one. Yeah, it's that's a, good a one. very good topic. You know what? I think we should revisit that one tomorrow. Yeah. Because I'm going to think about it. And then I want to hear what you guys have to say. Again, Locked On Spurs, you can watch it on YouTube. Subscribe to Jeff Garcia and Locked On Spurs on YouTube. Subscribe to Locked On Spurs like I do on Spotify. It's daily content when it comes to your San Antonio Spurs, Silver and Black, Joe Garcia, today's guest. I'm sometimes on there. He asked for me to be on there, but I big time him. <laughs> no, I had other things to do. So I, 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 my business is booming right now when it comes to my day job, if you will. So I had to go attend to that. So my bad. Let's go into some uh, entertainment news. Let's, let's, oh, where, man. Where's that? Where's that animation there? Let, I mean, don't don't tease me with that animation without showing the animation. Oh yeah, show it. Are to we you. are we gonna have to wait for this? No man, it's coming up right now. Ah, it's like I work for MTV News over here. Hi, I'm Kurt Loder. Man, I haven't heard that guy's name in forever. Oh, he finally retired. They did away with the whole thing of MTV News. Finally. He did. No, and he retired years back, but MTV News finally officially put the nail in the coffin. Really? They're done. Yeah, they came out on Twitter and everything, dude. Everybody was like, wow. Yeah, Talk but- about it. But blast from the past, you know, seeing the iconic globe come up, MTV News, breaking news. And before, you know, social media, that's how we used to get our breaking news when it came to entertainment news. Yeah, so the, the song, the... MTV News. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. ba- the background music was yeah. Loungefly by Stuntable Pilots. Yeah. That's what it was. Hey, uh, I want to talk about a particular singer, not because I'm a fan, okay? So I'm not going to go ahead and say that I'm a fan of this singer, though I do have a friend of mine who did go to her concert, Lana Del Rey. She's 38 years old. She just released her ninth album earlier this year. She played at Glastonbury, which if you don't know, 
is the biggest music festival in the world. It takes place in Europe. And Lana Del Rey is a very famous singer worldwide. She has two songs that have nearly a billion streams on Spotify. She's like the 52nd most popular player or artist on Spotify. Really? Yeah. She's popular. I would say most popular among women. Okay. Um, but there's something weird that happened over the weekend that people are trying to figure out what the heck is going on because she just played a festival a couple of months ago and now she is spotted in Alabama at a Waffle House, Florence, Alabama, a, a small town in Alabama. Okay. And she wasn't there eating, she was there working. She was, <laughs> she picked up a shift at the Waffle House over there. And people were looking at her going, that can't be Lana Del Rey. Yeah. And then she turns around and she has a, a tag, tag on yep. that says Lana on there. Now, Lana Del Rey has sold millions of albums, six times nominated for a Grammy Award. Didn't win any of them, but nominated six times. She's a big name in music. And it's so funny because people are still trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Now, she yeah. did mention the fact in the past that she has friends in Alabama. She's not from there. She's on the East Coast. Yeah. She just popped up at a Waffle House and started serving waffles and omelets and hash browns. And there's actually a video of her as well. I'm showing it right now. She was in a parking lot with some of her fans, and she was sharing her vape with one of the fans yeah. there. <laughs> so she's like making the tour. You know, She's been supposedly spotted in some other places as well. So maybe she's doing, a, I don't know, maybe some, some character yeah, uh, acting or something like that. Maybe she's getting ready for a movie. Yeah, and, and no one, no one knows. And and you know, it, this is not somebody who's like past her prime. This isn't somebody who's like, oh well, she's just like a an old school singer that no one cares about. She is in Taylor Swift's latest album. She collaborated on a song with Taylor Swift for her yeah. new latest album. She's got talent, man. She's thirty eight years old. She's known for one of her songs, "The Summertime Sadness," and it's just so funny because she's posing with photos for people. Just seems to be in a pretty good space and people are asking if this is going to be part of a music video or if it's a role for a movie could be she's just not saying she can't probably she and can't. the weird thing is that she's just kind of like interacting with people going yeah but do you want fries with that <laughs> she's serious you know man. because there are no cameras there so when people are asking well it's probably for a music video where the world the hell are the cameras because every single photo that you're seeing online about this is from people's cell phones. Hey man, there's maybe, no camera crew maybe there. Maybe she got to pay her taxes or something, dude. We never know. What two thirteen plus tips? <laughs> is that really it? Who knows, man? Maybe I think she's just getting ready for maybe a, either some type of a, a series that's going to yeah. be coming up that she's going to be playing. Uh, who knows? Maybe somebody working at a diner, or it could be a movie role. And people are like, "That can't be her. That can't be her. It's her, man. It's her." You know, it's funny because um, there was a, uh, a TV show uh, called uh, The Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. Yeah. It was with Disney. I remember that. And one of the guys, one of the twins that was like the main characters, ended up becoming a waiter. Like in New York after that show ended because he needed to pay some bills. And he was waiting at a really nice restaurant. But people were taking photos of him going, why is this dude who is literally on Disney right now working a dinner shift at this steakhouse. And that's the thing about actors. They, they sometimes don't make as much money as we think. Singers don't necessarily make as much money as we think. Now, I'm not saying that Lana Del Rey is poor, 
But I don't know if she's having a midlife crisis or what. Yeah. But I find it to be interesting that, you know, she was at this huge festival. She released her album. She's released videos. And she's just no advertising, no marketing. It wasn't like one of those things where she's like, hey, guys, I'm over at the Waffle House in Florence, Alabama. Come see me. She was just discovered there by fans. It's the weirdest thing. Hey, check this out, man. I like this comment from the Drew show right here. Does anybody remember that TV sitcom set in San Antonio, The Brothers Garcia? It was way better than Primo. It was actually funny. Think of it every time Joe is on with Jeff. Again, I gave Primo one episode. Maybe I'll give it a second one, but I didn't like the first one. Uh, that's Shay Serrano's uh, new show on Amazon Prime. Uh, but, man, you know, props to Lana Del Rey. Props, I guess. Uh, whatever makes her happy. Uh, but she seems to be she's – not, she's not looking like one of those celebrities who looks all, you know, whacked out by life. You <laughs> she know? looks happy, dude. She's not walking nude down the street. Yeah, she just she doesn't look like Britney Spears in her bra and panties dancing in front of that poor dancing dog, in man. front of a dog. Right. She just looks like, yeah, I just picked up a shift, man. I just I have friends that live here. and I needed something to do to pass the time. I just wanted to come visit some friends. So bizarre. So bizarre. Oh, we also had a happy birthday, too. Now that they bring it up here, Tim Gonzalez. It was Selena Gomez's 31st birthday. 31st birthday. And a lot of people gave me crap, including Drew, who's on our threads right now, simply because uh, I said that she is now qualifying in my half plus seven rule. <laughs> right? Because I'm like, you know, it's it's creepy if you date somebody or if you say somebody is attractive that is younger than half your age plus seven. I'm 46 years old. That would be 23 plus 7, 30. She's 31. Boom. She's crossed that threshold. She's in the range. <laughs> She's crossed that threshold. So now I can say, hey, Selena Gomez is kind of hot, right? And people give you so much crap about it because they're like, oh, well, didn't you watch Selena Gomez growing up on Disney? Dude, I watched Natalie Portman grow up also on The Professional back in the 90s. She grew up into somebody big. Drew Barrymore did too. Diane Lane was a teenage actress yeah. who's beautiful now. So was Miley Cyrus. She was at Hannah Montana. There man. you go. I don't understand that logic, okay? Now, I'm not saying, hey, man, she was hot in that video back from 15, <laughs> 20 years ago. Now, I did post a photo when I said happy birthday to Selena Gomez. The reason why I chose that particular photo, which was 10 years ago when she was much younger, was because she was wearing a Spurs jersey. Oh, yeah, I remember There was that. a reference to that. She was sitting next to Tony Parker's wife that game. But speaking of Selena Gomez, I didn't realize how much of a fan I was of her singing because I saw this thing on TikTok the other day where it said ranking the top 10 songs of each artist. And I was going through each one of them. And one of them was Selena Gomez. And I was like, man, I know seven of these songs. And look at what Chris Leha says. Keep her name out your filthy mouth is what chris has to say but what about keeping her lyrics in my mouth because whether it's lana del rey or selena gomez taylor swift taylor swift this thursday you can karaoke any of those artists over at serenity manor that's right proud sponsor of the acquired taste over here uh, they do karaoke nights every other thursday so go check out serenity manor it's an events venue on old bandera road Caddy Corner, diagonal, across the street, if you will, from Forest Country Store. Go check them out because, again, 
they actually host weddings, bridal, and baby showers. I don't know. We have their photos up there. Oh, yeah. Or we, we, if we can have their contact information up there. Weddings, bridal showers, uh, baby showers, quinceaneras, corporate events. This is a building built back in 1913. It's a beautiful building. Again, it's called Serenity Manor. They have a bar there. And on Thursday nights, they do karaoke. And we've got that uh, address up there on Old Bandera Road. This Thursday, not only can you do karaoke, they did it from 6 to 10 last time they did it. Uh, but they actually kept going to 11 because so many people showed up. I was there. Several listeners were there. Had a great time over there. I did Bobby Brown's Every Little Step. Uh, if yeah. I head out there this Thursday, I don't know which song I will do. Uh, but if you're interested in going, DM me and then, you know, give me a reason to be out there. Hang out with Maybe me. Maybe Jason or Garcia will show up again and take some more video. Yeah, Jason Garcia. You know, we have the owner of Mudslingers yeah. who, who showed up as well. Uh, but uh, it's very cool. Again, it's this Thursday. And if you go out there, by the way, SA Curbside Eats will be there. And they were there last time they did karaoke night. Man, those quesadillas and burgers were on point, man. Really, man. That was good food right there. And it's right there. They have a bar. They serve beer, wine, and margaritas. And you can also take your teenage kids out there. Go ha have a family night out there because uh, it's a family atmosphere. People aren't getting drunk off their ass. People are having a good time, being sociable, getting something to eat, and getting some karaoke on. It's a very family-type atmosphere. But last week, the last time they had it there, when I was there, the first time they had karaoke night, we had about 60 to 70 people there. That's was, a good show, man. It, a was good turnout. Very, it was very, very cool. And again, and it's, it's like a community be... bar. It's like a neighborhood little local neighborhood bars. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. It's, this venue is beautiful. It has the indoor outdoor. Uh, they they show the studs up in the ceiling as well, because uh, it's a it's a very old building, uh, but it brings out that old Helotus vibe and feel to it. It's very, very, very cool. But again, we're going to about 115, so about another 15 minutes or so. So I was thinking about something. You know, over the weekend, uh, I saw an article that got me thinking about tipping. Yeah. Because that seems to be a pretty big issue for a lot of people because people always ask the question, hey, when do I tip? Do I, you know, I, I go on vacation and I sometimes just carry a wad of ones and fives because I'm that guy. As someone who's Latino, I feel like I need to over tip. I almost feel like I represent my people when I'm going out and about. And I'm not trying to be money bags about it or anything like that. It's just one of those things where uh, I feel like I have to over tip sometimes. And there was an article that came out that I posted on Twitter yesterday. It was from The Hill. The Hill's a great website, by the way. I like The Hill because it's not, it's not conservative. It's not liberal. It's just kind of like right down the middle. Yeah. And they do politics and stuff like that, but they also do like a lot of finance type of things. And it asked the question, which states are home to the best tippers? And it made mention of the fact that the tipping average for the most generous state is Delaware, 22%. If you are going to Delaware, 22% is the average tip that someone is paying. And you will see other states out there, like Texas, for example, is considered to be kind of on the average range, maybe slightly below average at 18.9%. One of the lowest ones, though, was California at 17%. And it was funny because people were going back and forth about these percentages. You know, the lowest states being around 16, 17%, the highest states being about 22. But the thing about it is this, California, the ones that have the lowest tips which is California and Oregon, 
also provide a $15 an hour minimum wage to their staff. My daughter, I've told her that I never want her to be a waitress. 213 plus tip has been around since the 80s. That $2 mark has not been changed since the 80s. And it is abusive and stupid that it hasn't been raised ever since. It's got to at least be seven or eight dollars an hour. How do you? How does somebody work for two dollars? And I go to these tacarias, right? Let, let's say I go to. Let's say that you and you and me, Joe, go to uh, Tejas Rodeo down the street over here, right? Yeah. I mean, potato and egg taco, taco and a carne guisada is probably five fifty combined, right? Three fifty for one, two bucks for the other. And let's say you got two tacos as well, and our tip, our tab is eleven bucks. Twenty percent's two bucks. Are we supposed to leave $2 to somebody who you know is making two thirteen plus tips? Yeah. It's just kind of bizarre. And it's funny because, again, the, the, the states that have the lowest tips are the ones that typically have a $15 an hour minimum wage. Whereas you have somebody like in Texas who might get an average of a 19% tip. But they're at two bucks, man. They're at two bucks. So a lot of people have reached out about this, um, asking the question, what about curbside delivery? Or what about, like when my daughter worked at a uh, restaurant, and I'm not talking about the Uber Eats variety, right? I'm not going to tip the drive through person at a fast food place unless they come at me in skates. I'm talking to you, <laughs> Sonic. Sonic girl or guy in roller skates will get a buck from me because they wear skates. Yeah, of course. But I'm not going to tip drive-through for like McDonald's or Bill Miller's or anything like that. Um, Taquerias, I typically tip one dollar, maybe two if I'm feeling happy. You know, you know, like I said this morning, I went and got seven tacos for my family for dinner for 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 breakfast and lunch. Right, fifteen bucks. I tip two bucks, seventeen bucks. Yeah. Okay. But what about if you go to a nice restaurant and you're getting takeout? Do you tip at that point? Because I do. And my daughter says that it's no different than us being a waitress or a waiter at that point. I'm not saying that you need to tip 15% or 20%, but a 5 to 10% because they're not it's not McDonald's where the burgers are coming out every 5 seconds like they're actually putting together an order as though you're your, they're your waitress. And I never really thought about it that way. So now whenever I go to a restaurant that I get takeout from, like let's say I get takeout from, I don't know, it's not the greatest of restaurants, but let's say it's uh, Olive Garden. Or if I'm getting takeout from like Texas Roadhouse, for example, I'm not going to say, well, it's not a waitress or waiter. You get nothing. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? They probably do deserve at least 10%. Joe, what do you think, man? What what are your tipping and do's and don'ts? Yeah, tipping is like, you know, if you're getting service, you know, when you're stopping off at a restaurant or somewhere, you know, you have somebody coming over and, you know, it's all based on the service, you know, how how well they perform, how well they're, how attentive they are to you. And, you know, while you're eating at a, at a, at a, at a business, you know, the other flip side to that is if I'm, let's say I'm getting me some Dutch brothers. Yeah. You know? And the kids come out, you know, because they're always working hard. And I know some of them here at my local Dutch brothers here on Petranco because they're friends of, of my daughter, you know. Mm -hmm. So if I see them out there, I mean, even if they're not, you know, and you see them working so hard, 
and they're like, you don't have to tip, you know, it's optional. I'm going to give them a tip, you know, because I know these kids are out there. They're busting their yeah. ass. They're working hard. You know, even if it's just them taking your order, give them a tip because I see it like this. If it was my daughter working like that, I would want her to be taken care of by somebody giving her a tip, you know? So right. I feel like if you're paying it forward, you're being nice, you're tipping when you should, you know, good things will happen not only for, for that particular person, but maybe for my daughter or my son that's looking for a job it's too. It's karma. Yeah, it comes karma. around. Yeah. Matt reaches out and says to go order people are paid more than waiters, but also less than minimum wage. Because the company assumes they'll earn tips. It's a sad society that we're like that, man. I mean, props to the $15 or $10 an hour places. Maybe not $15 for a waiter or waitress, but they got to make more than $213. Can we at least agree on that? Yeah, they need to get paid more than, I mean, at least minimum wage, you know, something. Plus, if they make tips on top of that, that's great. Because in today's uh, society, prices have changed, man. They're not yeah. what they used to be. You can't just tell somebody to work a 10 or 12 hour shift for tips. There are some places where I tip from time to time that are not necessarily expected, but man, they are loved. When I go to those spray through uh, car washes, you know, I have a, subs a, a subscription to one. Dude, if you tip just two bucks, man, they will go to town on your car before it goes through that that drive through, if you will. Yeah, they, they will go to town on it. I've gone to Subway, sandwich artists, and now they're asking, do you want to tip over there? And I never thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I'll tip there. I, I would rather tip than not tip and be that jerk Yeah. In, so in someone's day. That's the thing. You could even turn, turn their day around. You know, some of these kids are just out there working hard, and they've had people being so rude to them every single day, coming in, just yelling at them. And you turn around, be a good customer, give them a tip, and it just kind of changes their their day right you know from just having a shitty day to now okay well this person was really nice is going to push me forward through the day you know um there is a, a quick story that i have here about that is that um jj garena he was on our show last week right yeah he and i had dinner or lunch i don't know about a year ago and we went to papacitos and I like papacitos. I mean, the fajitas are really good. The margaritas are really good. We went there just for lunch one time to kind of talk about business. And I assumed that he paid for lunch. And he didn't. Oh, He yes. assumed that I paid. I remember this. And this was like a $40 lunch. Yeah. And we both left. And it was like we didn't pay. So I'm driving home. So this is Papacitos is on Aiton and Hebner. Yeah. And I'm driving home and I'm like, dude, I forgot to tell him thank you for buying lunch. So I called JJ up oh and God. I'm like, JJ, dude, thank you for buying me lunch today. I forgot to say thank you. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, you paid for lunch, right? And he goes, I thought you paid for lunch. I was going to call him. Thank you. So then I called the restaurant and the restaurant says, hey, we charged it off as a dine and dash. No, don't man. worry about it. But I felt bad because that girl had been, been had been with us for over an hour while we were doing paperwork and business stuff. I drove all the way back over there, and I and I got out cash on the ATM. I had sixty dollars in my hand, forty five for the for the lunch, and fifteen for a tip. And I said, "Hey, I don't want to be charged off because this was a an accident." Can you please apply this to the bill? And he goes, dude, we, we've already erased it from the computer. Yeah. 
And I said, where's the waitress? And the waitress was over there. And I went up to her and I said, hey, I'm so sorry. You probably thought that we dined and dashed. It was a complete accident. Um, here's the entire $60 as a tip. Yeah. I could have just given her 20 and just had a free lunch. But I gave her the entire 60 She started crying. She goes, I was about to quit. Like, that was the final straw. I've, I've had bad tips. I've had bad experiences. And they typically have a, she goes, I typically get tipped well here. Yeah. But for some reason, this past week has been awful. And when you left without paying, and I knew that it might come out of my stuff, or like it was my fault, she goes, I, it was the last straw. And she goes, I went to the bathroom. I started crying. And she's crying again because she goes, there's actually somebody that's nice who's yeah. doing the right thing. Uh, Chris Leha reached out to us on our chat saying that the biggest tips he ever gave were during COVID. And I really, really understand what he says when he says about that. Um, how much do you tip your barber is what he's asking. Uh, you know, I mean, do you tip according to the actual cut or do you tip according to price? No, man, I take care of my barber. Like, say they charge me $25, right? Yeah. For the cut. I'm tipping my barber 25, 30 bucks. That's where I suck then. I, I tip my barber probably seven to ten bucks. No, nah, man, I take care of my barber because you know what? You want a nice, really nice looking haircut, dude. They remember that. Not only that, but they're working hard every day. They're 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 providing a service for the community. No, I get that, yeah. but it takes like literally ten minutes to do my hair. Nah. <laughs> so if I give a dollar per minute that they're working because they're not there, you know, figuring things out. But uh, speaking of Chris Leha, he's also one of our sponsors. That's right. MCS General Contracting. Reach out to them at 210-774-9155. And Chris Leha, if you're listening, give me a call because uh, I need to reach out to you as well because uh, I noticed something with my slab the other day. I've got a hole. And Damn. I don't know if it's the dogs or what, but there is an area there that's probably about two feet deep by about a foot wide that I'm assuming slab belongs on. And I don't know what the heck is going on. It's, it's my concrete patio is right there. And there's a hole there. And there's no way my dogs could have gone two feet deep into there. Yeah, no, you probably got erosion. You probably got like a sinkhole or something underneath there. Something is going on there. So I'm going to send some photos out uh, to Chris Leha over at MCS General Contracting. Collectively, more than 30 years experience in concrete placement. MCS, they're the best in the business, man. Honest pricing, high quality work. They do house foundations driveways concrete patio decks extensions you know if you're looking for a business and you're, you're you're starting a business you're doing construction they can do the slab for your foundation there they can also do your parking lot they do a very good job chris leha big supporter of our show uh but my goodness uh i saw that hole Dang. and i i freaked out and it, it's been there before it just seems to be getting worse and worse so I got to figure out what that is all about. But again, MCS General Contracting, the number 210-774-9155, 210-774-9155. Go to them for your concrete placement needs. Now, someone asked a story. Someone asked a question. Well, what if it's a female um, hairdresser? Hairdresser. Well, yeah. if it's the one that sits on the lap, <laughs> might get a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Man. You know, the Twin Peaks girls, the Hooters girls, don't their tips start at 30%? I mean, be honest. Oh, I don't know, man. Some of these girls, man, they, they're they there for looks, not because they provide good service, you know? And we, we don't go there for the food either. We go there to see the looks. Well, I go there for the cheap beers during happy hour. Oh, well, I mean. 
I get that. Bourbon and brews. I go in for a little, you know, a little tasty what they got going on. I get that. But mm, I got to be honest with you. I mean, Twin Peaks is good food. Don't get me wrong. And I went to Bombshells for the first time ever the other day. It's good food. But, I mean, we go there because we want to see the scenic views. That's no, why. Yeah, no there. doubt, dude. You go there. because It starts you, yeah. at 30 percent there. It starts at 30 percent. Again, before we let you guys go, I want to say thank you and welcome to the family to our new sponsors for the fantasy gods we're going to get going august 6 mad packer brewery mudslingers drive through coffee and bear county social apparel joining the acquired taste network for the fantasy gods again if you want to take part in our fantasy league dm me on twitter dm me on twitter if you're looking for that white and blue bird logo it's no longer there it's now an x okay what twitter has to do with the letter x i don't know it's sexy though it's sexy if you want to be part of the league, reach out to us. We'll figure out if there's going to be a buy-in. But we know this. The draft will take place at Mad Pecker Brewery, and you have to be there. You have to be there. Don't forget, if you want to buy us a beer, QR code is right there. The QR code is – this is a way of reaching out to us and saying thank you. Yeah, you appreciate what we're doing. And I got to log in to figure out how all this works because we had somebody who sent us a beer last week. Send us three beers. three beers. And every time I log on, I can't find it. I mean, I know it's there. Yeah. But during, like, I always forget about this part of the show because I'm kind of, I feel a little bit weird. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm talking about tipping and how I like to tip people. And I'm over here asking you for a tip. But if you want to tip me and Joe, again, buymeacoffee.com slash the acquired taste. Uh, this is money that goes to me and Joe. It's, it's our way of saying thank you. Or you, you can say thank you to us, by the way. Uh, the $200 that was tipped to us last yeah. week was sent to Katie Goodman, who, by the way, is in route right now to Australia. Yeah, the she's there already. She's there already. No, no. She, her plane left L.A. about three hours ago. Oh, okay. I thought she was there already. No, she was already on the road to LAX. Oh, okay. So she'll get there sometime today. She's super excited. So she's scared. Uh, but she's going to be shadowing FS1 out there. Uh, thank you to all the listeners who bought us a coffee because what you actually bought was an expedited passport for Katie Goodman so that she can go live her dream. Uh, but I'll say this much. This week's coffees, you and me, baby. Yeah. You and me, baby. You and me. But uh, no anyway, doubt. hope everyone has an amazing day today. Share, spread the word. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on Spotify as well. Let friends know about this show, what we're doing. We're hoping to expand to two hours pretty soon. I'm, ex I'm assuming in the next couple of weeks or so. Everyone have a great day. Be nice to people. We'll be back tomorrow.